Good evening. Hope you're all doing well. Today we're learning Maseches Sota Da Flamid Gimel. Text, thanks for being the class monitor. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. We're on the top of Lamid Gimel Lamid Aleph, and we're starting eight lines down at the two dots. Uh, yesterday's blot from the beginning of this new parak, we were discussing what things can be done in any language and what things can be done only in Hebrew. One of the many things that we had listed that can be done in any language was tefillah, saying Shmona Esrei, which is very helpful. When I used to work in NCSY, this was a refrain. Daven in any language that you want, no problem at all. So says the Gemara, tefillah, why is it that we're allowed to daven in any language? Because rachamehi, tefillah, is rachamin. And Whenever a person wants, they should be able to daven. They used to say of the brisker rub that because it was a mitzvah d'oraisa, to daven every time that you are in pain, he used to whisper under his breath, even in the midst of conversation, I'm waiting for your salvation to be Mekayim the mitzvah d'oraisa. He happened to have said it in Hebrew. But when you're in pain, you can say things in English. A Baruch Hu knows all languages, uh, and that is appropriate. Says the Gemara, wait one second. Not every language works with tefillah v'chol l'ashon. You can't daven Shmon Esra in every language because we know that at least one language is off limits. A person should not speak in Aramis. They don't comprehend. So this is a Shiloh. What do we need the Malachi Asharis for? This is the song we sing. Some of the Farshim don't like that paragraph. What do you mean, Machnise Rachamim? We don't we don't have a go between when we daven. So this is already a, a tumult in the in the Mefarshim. So that says the Gemara. You said we can daven in every language. That's not true because Lashon Aramis is a language that you cannot daven in. Says the Gemara, an incredibly important yesod. Lokasha, habiyachid, habitzibor. The difference is that when you're davening biyachid, then we are more restrictive because we don't have the weight of the tzibor to carry our tefilos up to the heavens. But when you daven bitzibor doesn't matter what happens. Aram is English, Hebrew, Russian, Latin, doesn't matter. Because of the koach of the tibor, everything pierces up to the heavens. So this is a very important So Sometimes we, uh, should, should I go to the minion today? Should I not? You could ask that as a halachic question all you want. But if you're looking for impact, you got to daven the tibor, because that's really what carries the weight. Says, the, by the way, P.S., I daven mincha at home today, big musr. But I will tell you that I had to decide between my wife's out of town. I had to decide between my son going to night Seder, but then being home for me to babysit, or telling him not to go to night Seder so I could daven mincha b'tzibor. So I'm like, I will daven tefillah b'tzibor. No problem at all. It's <laughs> a comfortable, calculated decision. I daven mincha at home so my son could learn a daf gemara for an hour and show. And I asked him, and he, my son said to me, I don't want to miss tonight. It's an important night. I'm like, okay, whatever. I'll dive in every tefillah at home. It's fine. So this is a, a big yesod. And in halachic uh, literature, these are not things we typically publicize too much, but in halachic literature, to daven mechidus isn't the biggest crime in the world. So that's not how we have to look at it. We have to look at it as the power of tefillah b'tziwa. Says the Gemara, wait one second. The premise of your question is that Aramis was a language that isn't included in tefillah, even though we re responded to it. But that assumes that the Malach and Malach don't know Arami. That's not true. Tanya, the Brayser writes. Yochanan Kohen Gadol Shama Baskol, Mibes Kodesh HaKodashim, Shoomer Nitzchu Talia, the sheep have won, reference to the Jewish people, army, the inner army, to Azlu La'agcha Krava Le'antuchya. They went to go fight with Antuchya, whatever the context is, but that was... 
that was an Aramaic that came straight out of heaven. He too heard voices coming out of the Kodesh HaKodashim. And the Baskol was, We have canceled out the army. Which army? The one that was the Amar. The one who had hatred toward the Heichal. This person, Gaskalgas, who was a very bad person. I don't know who he was. And he wrote down right when this happened. Now, what do we see from here? You're saying you can't daven in heaven. That seems to be the language of the Baskol. Heaven's talking in Aramis. What do you mean the Malachim don't understand it? That's the language that they were talking in. So says the Gemara, same shine. You could either say that a baskal is different. Of course, that's a an odd an oddball form of communication, and therefore, because it's so unique, you have to leave it alone. You can't learn anything from there. It has to be in a language where the recipients can understand. And the lashon of the land at that time was Aramis. Gabriel Hava. No, maybe it was only Gabriel. Gabriel was the one who knew all the languages. He knew all the languages. One way or the other. I mean, we should try and make sure to daven in a minion wherever possible. And uh, if we daven in the seaboard, it doesn't matter what language we speak in. And if we daven in Biachidus, uh, we should try not to daven in Aramis. We had said Bir Kasamazon can be said in any language. That's very nice. And we could understand logically why that's true, but we need a Marimakom. Why is it that benching is allowed to be said in any language? If you're going to be Mavarech, how do you give blessings? So some people say, uh, God bless you. Uh, whatever, if whatever it is, if that's your lashon bnei adam, if that's the way you talk, that's a mutter way to bench. There's no aramis restriction on benching. Benching is not lashon aramis. <clears throat> oh, you're saying can you? Can you bench in, in It's probably this. I would imagine it's the same overlay of dialogue from before. That it depends on how you understand the gemara. But either way, there should be a concern because there is no din of tzibur. Uh, I guess maybe by Zimun, if you have a cop, you have 10. That's a Tzibur. It's more like if you have. Nobody says you have looking. No, but it's just, a, right, but if you have, but that would be the same Nafkamina, which is that if you have 10 people, then in theory, if you wanted to bench in Aramis, you could, according to Texas approach. And otherwise, you would not be able to. Good question. I have no idea. I don't know. Big Toast was there, but I don't know what he's talking about. What about Shavuot Sa'edus, when a person makes a testimony that they don't know something? Anything that your ear can hear, that's how we know that the Shavuot Sa'edus can be made in any language. There's That's how we know that Shavuot Sa'edus can be said in any language. This is a little bit of an odd presentation. The Gemara here quotes like three lines from the Mishnah that we saw. Let's read it. This is a quote from the Mishnah that we learned at the beginning of the Parakhan Lamed Beis Aleph. These have to be in Hebrew. And we're going to quote that Mishnah until this piece, which says, how do we know about Mikra Bikurim, that it has to be in Hebrew? Remember we said yesterday, Anisa and Amarta, the double language, that's what causes for the for the Lashon to be in Hebrew. So that's the end of the quote from the Mishnah from yesterday. And on that, the Gemara asks, hey, hey wait one second. What's the Mari Makom that the Levim 
Right, the pasuk says, How do we know that they were Balashna Kodesh? Says the Gemara, So by the Levim, we had Shava from the word Kol that teaches us that uh, it has to be in Hebrew, even by the case of Bikurim. In our Mishnah, we had a machlokas about Chalitza. If you look back at our Mishnah, the last short line in the Mishnah, Lamed Beis and Manalev, told us that by Chalitza there was a machlokas. The first approach that was Egzer Shava of Anuva Amru, and the second approach was Shitas Rabbi Yehuda. Rabbi Yehuda had said the Ansava Amra Kacha that the pasuk says Kacha, and therefore that that's how we know that it has to be only in Hebrew. So this machlokas Tanaim is what we're discussing now. Says the Gemara, the Gemara Verabanan, according to the Tanakama, who learned that Chalitza has to be in Hebrew from Xera Shava. Okay, Haikacha, my Abdile. What does he do with the Pasuk that Rabbi Yehuda used? Rabbi Yehuda was of the opinion that we learned that a Chalitza has to be in Hebrew from the word Kacha. Very good, very good. But what do what the Rabbanan do with that? If the Rabbanan learned it from somewhere else, the word Kacha is available. Says the Gemara, no, any active parts of Chalitza are by definition Ma'akev, the removal of the shoe, the spitting on the ground, Rashi details, the Rikika, all of those things are Ma'akev, and he learns that from the word Kacha. I have Rabbi Yehuda. What about that? Rabbi Yehuda, if the Chachamim are learning out that Kacha teaches us the Darshu Maisim Akib, how do you know that the Maisim are Ma'akib if you use Kacha for something else? Says the Gemara, because the Pasuk said, could have said something different to Rabbi Yehuda. It could have said Miko, but it didn't. It said Kacha, and therefore we know the Darshu Maisim Akib. Now both of them are on the same page, just with different Mari Makomos in regards to the Darshu Maisim Akib, that according to everybody, if any of the actions of the Bar Chalitza are missing, the Chalitza is a zero. You can't skip any steps. The Rabbanon Koko Lo Mishmaluhu Kokacha, excuse me. The, the Rabbanon say that this uh, drasha of Ko and Kacha, they don't worry about it because that's not a drasha that was worthwhile, even though there is an extra letter of Chaf. So this has to do with methodologies in understanding things, which is that, yes, there might have been a shorter way to write it, but seemingly the Rabbanon weren't concerned about Ko and Kacha. Again, it's like kind of Lashem Bnei Adam-esque type of concerns. When I was in YU, I took a course called uh, Bible study, something like that. I can't remember what it was called. And the, the teacher there painted Mahalchem in methodology of Rashi versus the Radak versus the Rashbam from themes. He would pull 20 Rashis from throughout Tanakh, and he would show Rashi thinks like this. And he would pull 20 shitas of the Radak and say that the Radak thinks like that. So here also you begin to see insights. The Rabbanan were not worried about the extra letter. So yes, we're analytical, but we don't take every letter. Sometimes an extra letter is acceptable without drasha. That brings us to the top of Lama Gimel, Lama Beis. Now, the Rebbe Yehuda, who said that the reason that we know that Chalitza has to be in Hebrew is from, uh, from the Pasuk of Kacha. Okay, that's great. What does he do with the Gzeir Roshav Pesukim of Ansav Amram? So it says the Gemara, Hayvan Sefer Maya Avilei, Mibayle Lagmoy Lalavim De Balashna Kodesh. That's used for something else. That's used to teach us that the Lavim, that uh, whenever they do their avoda, whatever the work that they do, that it has to be in Hebrew. So it says the Gemara, that's great, but why didn't you learn from Moshe? Balelav Kol Mi Moshe. We already saw in the beginning of this Gemara that we had Xer Shev of Kol Kol Moshe to teach us that there's something that was also Lashna Kodesh. The Gemara says, Tanya Nami Hachi, the Brisa writes this way. Uh, sorry, I skipped a line. Mm-hmm. Kol mi Moshe. We can't because Ania, Ania, Gamir, Kolko, Lo Gamir. This is very important rule to know about Xero Shava. You need to have a Misora. So well, he had the Xero Shava of Ania and Ania, Gamir, that he had a tradition. But Kolko, that one, he did not have a tradition on that one. 
So this is an important principle. If we go to the Chumash, we say, oh, it says uh, Baro over here and Baro over there. I'm going to make my own Gzair Shavu. You're a Shegetz. That's not, no, these things are, are above our pay grade. They're, they're not just complicated. They're, uh, they're, Gzair Shavu is one of the Yud We were not allowed to paskin on these things. So we were not allowed to do that. So here we see that according to Rabbi Yehuda, he didn't have both drushas. He only had one drushas of, of the Gzair Shavu. And Tanya Namihachi, the Brisa writes accordingly. Four lines down. These four Lashonos always indicate Kodesh. This teaches us about Lashna Kodesh. How do we know this? Well, Ko is Kosev Varachu. That's Birchas Kohanim, which we already detailed in our Mishnah, has to be in Hebrew. Kacha is Dechalitza. That's the language that we have in our Pasuk. That this is clearly Rabbi Yehuda because the Rabbanan don't say that Kacha teaches that to us. That only teaches us. Something else that you can't skip any steps in the in the Maisa Chalitza. When it says that's Tilavim, and that we saw on the top of this page that that's how Rabbi Huda learns that. Now we had said the whole story of Hargrizim and Har Eval. Yesterday we painted a picture of where people were located. You had six Shvatim on the right, six Shvatim on the left, the Aaron in the middle, the Kohanim in the next concentric ring, the Levim in the next concentric ring. They'd all look at one mountain and say, Baruch this, everyone would say Amen. They'd all turn around and look at the other mountain and say, Order that, everyone would say Amen, back and forth till they finished all the Baruchs on the clothes. And in our mission, we left it Bipashtas that we actually knew where this location was. It did seem very clear. It was right over the Yardin. It seemed very clear. It's right next to Shechem, Elonimor. It's actually a big machlokas in the Tanoim here as to where the mountains are. Do we know where Hagrizim and Harivel are? We do? Yeah? I think we're pretty sure. The valley is there between one side is washing like crazy. This is right over the Jordan? Right over the Yardin? Pretty close to the Jordan. It's very close to Shechem back when it wasn't a big deal to go there. Uh-huh. That's very interesting. All right. This, I, I, don't, I can't tell you for sure. But this Gemara, when you read this Gemara, I want you to play with your memory a little bit because this Gemara is fascinating. It paints two different pictures as to where we were talking about. So it says the Gemara. Yeah. But uh, if you were, were you in, in eye shot of, of the Yardin? Like it was very close? Okay. And Yardin today is very, very narrow. So... That's a, that's a very good point. Okay, so let's see what the Gemara says. Michael's falling apart. He's not falling asleep. If I remember correctly, up on one, I think they were... They were like... Wow. Yeah. I hope that wasn't one of the Klelos. It was uh, <laughs> that would not be good to violate one of the Klelos on Hargrizim and Harevel. Oh, Jewish. Uh, I know. Okay, I don't even know what that means. So, right at the two dots, ten lines down in Lama Gimel, the Gemara paints a, a big machlokas, big a machlokas tanaim about the location that we're talking about. Tanu Rabbanon Halohema Beaver Hayerdain. It's me'ever la yardin ve'elach. It's not just a cross, but it's far away from the yardin. It's a farther walk. Dear Rabbi Yehuda, acharei derech mavoshemesh makom shecham azorachas. It's east. It's east and away from that uh, place. Uh, again, I don't even know how to do this because what they were crossing. Wait, which way did they cross? Yeah. 
Yes, it has to be. Because they went towards Shechem. It has to be. It has to be. Anyways, they went far They went far away, but they were someplace that was Makam Shechem Azorachas, which was eastbound. The Pasuk then says, um, they, they didn't live there at that time, but the Kusim, which is always a... We don't even know who they are. They very well. I mean, probably not Ben Ahar, but... Yeah. Oh, I have a great, great British story from today. I have to, okay, let's just get through them. Okay. Uh, hard reason, by the way, when you think of hard reason and hard evil, and then you're like, oh, I have a great British story, it's usually a bad combo. It's usually a bad combo. So that's where the Kusim live. Then Mulha Gilgal, Samachla Gilgal, and the Mepharshim here, this Gemara is very difficult because the Gemara says Samachla Gilgal, and the Rishonim say it wasn't Mamish Samach, it was just that it was within visual, visual line of sight. Then why would it say more if it's Samach? Your question's better than my answer, but that's what the Rishonim say over here that they were not Mul, they were not Mul Gilgal or opposite. It comes out like Elone Mora and Gilgal are not near each other, then you're it can only be one or the other. It says the Gemara Eitzel Elone Mora, that's Shechem. Okay. And Ulahalan Omer Vayaver Avram Baaretz Ad Makom Shechem Ad Elon Morema Elon Moreha Amur Lahalan Shechem Afkan Shechem. Even if you want to say that Elon Mora was two multiple cities, doesn't matter. It was all near Shechem. So Shechem from the water was a significant distance from the Yardin. Tanya, the Bryce writes, some Rabbi Lazar, Rabbi Yossi. But in this Nakuda of Elon Moret and Shechem, Ziyafti Sifre Kusim. I was able to invalidate. I called out a forgery on a Sefer Torah that was written by the Kusim. These were some kind of people who were literalists. I've come across them in the circumcision world. They call themselves Hebrew scripturalists, and they are mamish. Whatever is written in Chumash, they keep, which... When, once you've learned one daf of Gemara, you then know you understand nothing in Chumash. Because there's no, we were just discussing, is Kacha and Ko, can you be Dore Shachav? These guys are like, we've got shots. Don't worry, we figured it all out. So it's the worst form of Amaratsus. You know nothing and you think you know something. We know something and we know that we know nothing. We're exactly on the opposite end of the spectrum. But these Kusim thought they had it all down, but they made a mistake. When they were copying over the Torah, they wrote Elonim Oret, and then they added the word Shechem, which is not in Chumash. So that's what uh, that's what Rebbe Lazar Ben Yaakov, Rebbe Yossi, was dealing with. Amarti Lehem, I said to these uh, forgers, Ziyaftem Torashem, you messed up your Torah. Veloha Elisim Bierchem Klum, and what's left? Nothing. It's a bunch of it's a bunch of quill and wasted ink. Shatem Omrim, the pasuk says, quote Elonim Oret Shechem. I agree with you in content, but when you're copying over onto your scrolls, you made a mistake. But Anu, Lamadnuha Bigzera Shava. We learned this out, Elone More over here, and Elone More over there, Gzera Shava. That's how we know what Elone More is. But you don't believe in that. You had no way to ever learn out Shem. The Raya that you're a Shegit, and you made a safer Torah that's worth nothing. Zero. You have no way to know that. You have no way to know that. Okay. I did a bris for a family that were Korayim. They were carrots, like they like exist today. But they had their own traditions. Isn't that a stira? Oh, they weren't wearing tefillin. But, uh, they were not from enough to wear tefillin. But they were carrots who had customs. I don't understand how you can have a custom if you're a carrot. Doesn't that mean that you're just a Chumash Jew? You're like, you're just whatever it says in the Bible. What color was your skin? Wow, Caucasian, super educated, won both doctors, super educated. They played a whole video from a Karite website during the bris, music playing in the background. Baby was a yid, got a brach of a shame of Malchus. So weird. Okay, I hope you're not listening. Okay.
<laughs> They're probably <Have> yummy. <laughs> very, un <laughs> very unlikely. Okay, let's continue. All of this was was approach number one. <laughs> that this location of our Grisim Areva was at a distance from, from the Jordan River. Halfway down, Rabbi Elazar Amar, no. Alohema Bevra Yardin, Samachli Yardin, Dim Everly Yardin, Vela, Aloxi, Vahil, Bobrahemas, Yardin. It was all in one day. The process was all that day. What can you walk in a day with tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people? Gosh, you try walking through the airport with three people. It's a headache. There's no way they got that far. Also, it says, No, that's a language of where the sun sets in the west. So they must have been just settled. The sun was setting to the west of them by the water. Okay, it all should be right there. It says, wait one second. If you're saying that it's close to the Jordan River, that's not Eretz HaKanani, that's Eretz Chivi. You got the wrong wrong parcel of land. Also, it says, That's not true. It wasn't a flat plain. The Halo Bain Harmuk Yoshvin. Can't be on a flat plain. It has to be in a valley between two mountains. That's what we're talking about. What is Mulha Gilgal? Velo Roes Gilgal. They were far away from Gilgal at this particular location. If you're too close to the Jordan, it says the Gemara Rabbi Eliezer. Which one is this? Ben Yaakov. I already forgot. Ben Yosi. Rabbi Yosi. Omer no. We're only talking about the right way to cross the river. What does this mean? You should walk on regular paths. And when you're doing these, when the Jewish people are traveling, you should not walk through people's fields. It doesn't mean Yoshev in a particular city. It means you should walk in established, settled communities. If you can avoid walking in the desert, you should. Civilization, give a little bit of money to the locals. Fine. It's better to walk on the plains than it is, is to walk up and down mountains. Okay, so big machlokas in the in the Tanaim as to what the location. It says Gemara Taner Abanan Ketzad Avru Yisrael Esayardin. How did the Jews cross over the Jordan? Bechol Yom every day. Ten lines from the bottom. We're going to stop at the last word on the page. Bechol Yom Aron Nosea Achar Shnei Dgalim. The Aaron would travel after two Shvatim, after two of the Dgalim. The Hayom Nasat Chila on the day that they crossed the river. The Aaron went first. It's in front of everybody. There's no flags in front of it. In general, the way that it would work is that Levim In general, the Levim would carry, we know they didn't actually carry the Aaron from Tanakh. We know those stories. People tried to carry the Aaron, who killed people for that. Don't do that. And today, the Kohanim, are rare form. Usually it's Levim, but on the day they crossed the Jordan, the Kohanim were carrying it. And the Gemara concludes with a short brisa, three lines, Tanya. There are three times and only three times, seemingly, that the Kohanim would carry the Aron. What were the three times? That was number one, when the Kohanim carried uh, the Aron. Number two, you know, the famed story when they walked around Yericho and the walls all collapsed. And whenever it was being put it back in, whenever it was being put back in its place, and if you take a look at Rashi for a brief historical note, Rashi says five lines, six lines from the bottom. They are the ones who put it back. We'll stop right here. Pick up Amir Tashem tomorrow with yet another blot. Wishing you all a beautiful night.